As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the Athletic FPL Podcast. I'm Mark McGettigan, you'll find me on Twitter at FPL General. Recording this episode late on Sunday night. There's two games to go in Double Gaming 20. Crystal Palace, Manchester United on Wednesday, then Manchester City, Tottenham on Thursday. Hopefully Triple Captain Haaland will perform better in the second game. It's a Saturday deadline this week, so I will be back on Friday with another episode to round up the press conferences and preview Game Week 21 in more detail. We could get double Game Week news between now and then, so sit tight with your transfers. Don't make any moves until the end of the week if you can. In this episode, usual format, a quick review of the Game Week so far. Welcome one new member to the 59th Minute Club. Update the watch list. Answer questions from Twitter and discuss captaincy and potential transfers for Gimme 21. If you'd like to become an athletic subscriber, visit theathletic.com forward slash FPL pod to avail of the latest discount offer for new subscribers. A very brief review of Double Gaming 20 so far because it still is ongoing. Took a minus 8 going into the game week. A lot of people were taking hits. I decided to join the crowd. Sol Cancelo, Mo Salah and Mitrovic, which so far is looking okay. Cancelo blanked, as did Salah. And Mitrovic somehow made a mess of the penalty, which preserved a clean sheet for Botman, who I brought in to replace Cancelo. Also, De Bruyne and Harry Kane came in. De Bruyne got the assist, got another game to go, and hopefully Harry Kane will do something in that second game as well. So, on the transfers, I was on Friday, basically, decision between Botman and Matt Doherty. Decided to back the better team, the better defence. I felt like if I went for Doherty, he might be a transfer out again in the near future. So, so far, so good on that one, as long as Doherty doesn't go big in midweek. I also was close to taking a minus 12, I was close to doing Ederson in for Kepa, but I decided against it because I liked 
the fixture for Chelsea on paper against a Crystal Palace team that haven't been scoring many goals. So very glad I kept Kepa. He was a big part of the points. 10 points there. Trippier with 9. Botman 6. Rashford 10 with another game, hopefully, because he was carrying an injury in that first fixture. Saka with 6. Should have been more, very frustratingly. Lost the second assist and the bonus points that would have went with. I think that was very controversial. When I seen it first, I thought, right, I don't think that's an assist. Then it was awarded, and then frustratingly, FPL took it away. So go have a look at that one if you haven't seen it, and see what you think. De Bruyne got the assist, another game to go, and there was blanks for Haaland, Kane, and Shaw, but they do all have another game. Almiron blanked, we'll talk about him later, and Martinelli also blanked. I wish I owned Odegaard instead of Martinelli. So the minus eight, 61 points. Take away the eight was 53. That has me on a 50k green arrow so far. So going from about 500k to 450k. So hopefully Wednesday night and Thursday night, that green arrow hopefully will get bigger, especially if Mr. Haaland can get at least one, if not two goals. Shoutouts from the game week. Just one new member to the club. We welcome West Ham's Thomas Suchek to the infamous club. Thanks for all the tweets and keep an eye on those clocks midweek as well. Notable mention, Phil Foden. He joined the club last week with a 59 and this week he followed up with a 56. What a nightmare of an FPL option he has become. And finally, Lavia and Edozi at Southampton were very lucky boys. Just about made it to 60 minutes. A watch list update now, big clear out of the watch list as is often the case after a double game week because a lot of players you'll find I'll add to the watch list because they've got two fixtures. If I decide not to buy them, then a lot of them end up getting chucked straight off the watch list. Again, Trent and Robertson are gone, not because of any double game weeks or anything like that, but because they just conceded three goals to Brighton. No Van Dijk, can't really see too many clean sheets, so don't really want to pay the premium for a Liverpool defender at the moment. I've also removed the Tottenham wingbacks. Matt Doherty came off early in the first game. Spurs again, I just don't have much faith in them for clean sheets. Persis didn't start the game, so he's gone from the watch list as well. Again, those two were there very much as double game week candidates. Now that that's passed by, I really don't see myself going there. Willie Bolly from Nottingham Forest, a short stay on the watch list because he picked up an injury. Dallow, also gone because of injury. Likewise, John Stones. On to the midfielders who are no longer on the watch list. Paqueta at West Ham. Great player, but West Ham heading towards the relegation zone. Might even be in the relegation zone at this stage. So no interest there either until there's an improvement or possibly a managerial change. Hyungman's son. Again, Harry Kane's the man at Tottenham. Son was there for possible punt in a double game week. But he just not justifying his price tag either. Riyad Mahrez also gone. Similar reasons. Double game week's gone. Don't want him for you know the near term or medium term too much rotation Wilfred Zaha I was half tempted to go back there uh, glad I didn't so far uh, Gakbo's gone Darwin's gone again just Liverpool don't want to invest at the moment and finally Anthony Martial only managed 45 minutes in the first game of the double game week so it'll be interesting to see what his minutes are like in midweek and also what about Veghorst, what impact he will have on Martial's minutes. So as you can see, loads of players removed from the watch list. More importantly, who has been added? Brighton's Solly March. What a couple of game weeks he's had. Was that a 19-pointer? Was it two goals, one assist? He's had a couple of other double-digit hauls recently as well. So 
Brighton, I think Brighton is a place a lot of managers are going to go now. We'll talk about Almiron later. He's blanked three in a row. Numbers, underlying numbers are not as good as they were. So I can see a lot of people jumping to Solly March or Matoma, who is already on the watch. So I'll come back to those two in the question section. Ward Prowse, who is playing more advanced now under the new manager. He's more of a number 10 role with two defensive-minded midfielders behind him, whereas previously he would have been one of those defensively-minded midfielders. So he's got more license to get forward, as he said in the Match of the Day interview afterwards. On the score sheet from Open Play, brilliant goal, and also his trademark free kick into the back of the net as well. So he's on a nice little run, bit of a manager bounce, hopefully taking place at Southampton now, in particular for Southampton fans. So, yeah, that position in midfield, the Almiron position... Or if you've got someone else who's underperforming, I think Ward Price as a short-term punt is absolutely fine because he's on absolutely everything. Corners, free kicks, penalties and all that. Another punty midfield option, Gibbs White at Nottingham Forest, back from injury. Two nice assists for Brennan Johnson, who also joins him on the watch list. Very impressed with Nottingham Forest last couple of game weeks. They really seem to be getting it together now. We know back at the start of the season they signed about 55 players, so it was always going to take time. But things seem to be starting to click now after the World Cup break, so options there for us in attack. Ivan Tony left to watch this last week, straight back on it, because he was on the pitch, on the score sheet, and I'll come back to him in the questions as well. Mitrovic, who I sold, always going to be an option for me when I'm looking for a new striker, so he joined to watch this again. And finally, Nonto at Leeds. What a prospect this guy is. I think he's 19, Italian, signed in September, kind of under the radar, under my radar anyway, and he's a real gem. Yeah, I think he's going to get significant minutes, and he passes the eye test every time he plays. So FPL, 5 million, could be an option as a differential. That's the watch list updated ahead of Gimme 21. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Time to tackle some questions from Twitter now. Ten of the best as always. First one's from Dabuka. Almiron stick or twist? So this is a scenario I'm in myself. Didn't own him at all before the World Cup. Got him in. Felt, felt great in Game 17 when he got on the score sheet. But since then it's been pretty disappointing. And I feel like there's an opportunity now to move away and just go for a player with lower ownership and hope that Almiron remains quieter than he was in the first half of the season a big factor for me now is Bruno Gamares went off injured it looked pretty serious when he went down he played on until half time and then he couldn't return for the second half Bruno Gamares and Almiron they link up really well Bruno looks from every time with those little one two so I think that will have a negative impact if Bruno is out for a while which looks likely but we don't have any information on that yet 
I had a look at just very quickly some numbers from the last three game weeks. Obviously, Almiron scored four game weeks back, so this is kind of looking for stats the way I want to see them. And you've always got to be careful about doing that. But just to see what else is happening with other players, Almiron in the last three game weeks has had just one shot in the box, so that's not really what we want to see. In comparison, a few other options. Rodrigo at Leeds, for example, has had 10 shots in the box in the same period. Solly March has had seven, and his teammate Matoma has had six. So the Brighton guys are attractive. Rodrigo's attractive as well, especially if he gets a double game week 22, which is a possibility. Leon Bailey at Aston Villa thinks a very, very good pick now under Emery. He's only about 4.5 million. He's had five shots in the box in the last three game weeks and he's been on the score sheet. So Almiron for me, I think he is a sell, but it's it's a very luxurious transfer to make because Newcastle have got good fixtures. They've got Crystal Palace, West Ham, Bournemouth and then Liverpool. And we know Liverpool can't defend and the other teams not much better. So Almiron, I think absolutely, it's one of those where fine to keep, fine to sell. It kind of depends on your team, the, the situation your team's in at the moment. For example, if you're in a very nice position and you've got two free transfers, which is very unlikely because most people made at least one or two transfers in the last game week. And again, for me, it's it's kind of a wait and see this week what happens. Do we get more double game week news? For example, if a team like Brighton had a double game week in the near future or Leeds, I think Almiron out for a double game week midfielder is probably going to be a pretty straightforward move. But again, it's one of those I'm going to come back to later in the week. And if I don't have any other issues, it'll probably come down to do I bank a transfer or do I sell Almiron who... I think might be quieter for the next couple of game weeks and try and jump on, you know, the next Almiron possibly. So yeah, that's an interesting one. Almiron is definitely going to split opinion going into the next game week. Question from FPL Dan. Would you go for Matoma, March or both of them? So I don't think I'd go both for a start. I still think there's so many good FPL midfielders out there. The Arsenal guys spring to mind. Um, I'm not even against, you know, getting the three Arsenal midfielders if you're in that kind of scenario. If you don't have a defender, if you don't have a striker, you know, if you don't have Odegaard, for example, who I think is is arguably the best one, you could get Odegaard in alongside Martinelli and Saka if you have them. And then once Odegaard's in place, maybe you lose Martinelli or Saka at some point after that. Because I think Odegaard, I don't want to go much longer without him. I don't want to go through this season without him the season he's having and the season Arsenal are having so I'm going to try and manoeuvre some way in the near future to get him in before the second wildcard and failing that I think he'll definitely come in second wildcard time for people who don't already own him so would I go Matoma or March I don't think there is too much between those players Again, going into it before this game week, I was thinking Matoma. He just, again, passes the eye test every week. But I think with Solly March, we've got to be careful. Those of us who've been playing FPL for a couple of seasons, we've got a lot of you know seasons worth of information on Solly March. And he's never really been an FPL pick. You know, he used to play left wing back quite a bit. He never got too many attacking returns. But we've kind of got to scratch all that now. Forget about it. Under Deserby, very advanced, playing better than he ever has done before. Playing with confidence. So, yeah, Solly March is a really good option at the moment. So, I think it's a very close call between himself and Matoma. From what I've seen in recent game weeks, I still just slightly favour Matoma. And I don't know if that's just kind of the you know new player to the team, a bit more exciting, a bit more flair. Uh, Solly March has certainly taken over with points. I don't think either 
is a bad transfer in. So it kind of comes down to personal preference on those two. Very little difference in price. Might only be 0.1 or 0.2. Before I get to the next question, just on Brighton's fixtures, if you are looking at Matoma or March, the fixtures are good. Leicester, Bournemouth, Crystal Palace, Fulham. So it feels like a good time to jump on. Uh, questions from FPL Baggio. Is it time to switch from Martinelli to Odegaard? Yeah, this is something I'm thinking about as well. I've got Saka and I've got Martinelli watching the North London derby. Martinelli, he's, he doesn't really seem to be doing it like he was earlier in the season. His underlying numbers are not too bad. I think when I was looking at those shots in the box numbers for the last three game weeks, Martinelli's probably second, I think, with nine. So his numbers are okay. But when you compare him to Odegaard, Odegaard, just, he's running the show. He's on every set piece. He just There's so many avenues to points with him. He's scoring goals from, from outside the box. He's getting into the box. Basically, Odegaard looks like a 10, 11, 12 million pound FPL asset at the moment. You know, when you compare him to Salah, you know, at the moment, the price tag should probably be flipped uh, on, on what we've seen so far this season. So Odegaard, for me, getting him somehow soon is a priority. And I, I don't mind losing Martinelli at all to make that transfer. I don't really think it's a sideways move. To me now, it's an upgrade. Uh, how much of an upgrade? That's up to you to decide. And is it worth a free transfer? But for me, if I can get into a luxurious position where I can make that switch, I do want to own Odegaard in the near future. Question from Jens. Which three Arsenal players should we have in our team? And again, this you could ask me this question every week this season and I'd probably give you a, a different answer every week. But at the moment, Odegaard's number one, I think. I still really like Saka. Again, very close to getting a 10-pointer again if that assist wasn't taken away. Has the penalties also. And then I think a defender is still very good value. Ben White, Gabriel, Saliba or Ramsdale. I think any one of those. I would have probably avoided Zinchenko, just a little bit of rotation with Tierney. Um, but yeah, still centre-backs are safest. Ramsdale's safe, but I'm quite happy to own Ben White also, although he was stuck on my bench for the Tottenham game. So yeah, Saka, Odegaard and the defender of your choice is the way I would go on the Arsenal triple up. And Kerry is good, but I like the midfielders more. And you know, at some point down the line, Enkeria will be a transfer out. Question from Keith Masters. With Pep's comments on the league, is it time to ditch Triple City? Keith has Haaland, Cancelo and Mares. So Pep's comments that Keith's referring to is basically he said, you know, throw away comments. I don't care about the Carabao Cup. I don't care about the Premier League. You know, it's time for someone else to win it. But yeah, don't read too much into those comments after a defeat from Pep. I still expect him to get, you know, plenty of wins and plenty of goals over the rest of the season. In terms of which city assets are the best to own now, Haaland's still, he's still a must-own. There's a conversation now to be had on, is he an auto-captain, which I'll come to. I still think Kevin De Bruyne is a really good pick in midfield. Those two in terms of minutes. And Ederson still tempts me. I know they're not defending well, but safest route into the defence, underlying defensive numbers are really good. Uh, and if they are to keep a few clean sheets, you know, you want to have the guy who's definitely going to be on the pitch. And the only defensive pick we can say that about at the moment is Ederson. So if you're on Mares, yeah, I'd probably look to come off. Cancelo, even though he was in the starting 11, you know, will he be in the starting 11 midweek? Who knows? And going forward, like I said, he's a headache every week. I think you're better spending less on that position and just doing more with your midfield or attack. For example, I got rid of Cancelo for Botman. I've freed up about three million. In, and now I've got De Bruyne, Haaland and Harry Kane. And I'm hoping over the next few weeks that that will pay off in green arrows. Next question is from Charles. 
Has the time for auto-captain Haaland come to an end? Consistent alternatives like the Arsenal midfielders, Trippier and Rashford. So yeah, I'm going to say Haaland is not an auto-captain right now. And it's not really it's not really his performance, it's just more Man City in general. It's kind of, it's not really clicking. All doesn't seem to be well there. Pep's chopping and changing a lot with his team. I think that's the big difference between Arsenal and City this season. Once the Arsenal Twitter account tweets the team before an hour before a kickoff, you know exactly who the 11 players are going to be. Whereas with City, you probably only know who three or four of the players who they're going to be in. I think that's very important. Arsenal have the consistency. They've got the consistent performances, whereas Manchester City don't. So the question was, yeah, auto-captain Haaland. No, I think we can start to consider other options. But for example, I think next game week, it's Man City at home to Wolves. I still don't think I'm going to look away when it's that kind of fixture at home. But maybe when City are playing away or they've got, you know, trickier opponents, we can look to these other options. Rashford is, is it eight or nine games in a row now he scored, at least at home. Trippier is a monster. It's an eight or nine pointer most game weeks for Trippier. Trippier feels like the one though, once we do start to captain him, that's when Newcastle will start to concede more goals and there won't be as many clean sheets. Arsenal midfielders, Odegaard, Saka, you know, Martinelli, any Arsenal player is a viable captain in most game weeks. So yeah, I think let's at least consider other captaincy candidates a bit more for each game week. But I still think when Haaland has a good fixture, that is where I will be going. Question from Dave Thompson. Are Nottingham Forest defenders now an option? Yeah, like I said, very impressive last couple of game weeks. Uh, unfortunate that Willie Bolly picked up the injury because he was only 4.2 million. He was doing well in the bonus and he was getting on the score sheet. I think he scored in the league and he scored in the cup as well. So hopefully he's back soon. Serge Aurier is probably the most interesting. A, kind of a bit of a surprise that he's doing well there. A lot of people thought maybe his Premier League days were over. But he's come in and he's done really well. Uh, FPL-wise... Aurier has got two bonus points in each of the last three fixtures. And in terms of fixtures, Nottingham Forest play Bournemouth, Leeds and Fulham. So I think Aurier is fine, but it's more if you've got maybe four defenders and you're picking three each week, if you're playing with a back three and maybe rotating the third one and the fourth one, maybe you can find that Aurier might rotate well in terms of fixtures with someone that you already have. But Overall, I still think you know Newcastle defenders, Arsenal defenders, Luke Shaw, it's quite hard to find a space for a Nottingham Forest defender. But do keep them in your thoughts, especially if you're looking for something cheap in terms of rotation. Question from FPL Mateja. Are we overlooking Ivan Tony as an option considering his numbers and the upcoming fixtures? The player is available until he is banned. Is he a good purchase this week? It's been frustrating, really frustrating. I remember... The game week before the World Cup, game week 16, I benched Ivan Tony because he was playing Man City and he scored 13 points as my first sub and I didn't get them. And then I obviously didn't pick him for good reason after the restart because of the off-the-field stuff. And every game he's played, he's scored. I think he's got five in his last four. Could even be six in his last four. He's so, so consistent. 13 goals for the season. I think it's three assists as well. He's If there ever was a talisman, it's Ivan Tony for Brentford. So maybe we do need to, you know, readjust. There doesn't seem to be any news coming out. If it gets to Freddy this week and there's still no news, maybe we just buy him until, until like I say, he's available until he's not. And the off-the-field stuff, you know, whatever's going on, we don't know the details. There's no guarantee he's going to get a ban. So maybe you buy him an FPL 
and you might not need to sell him. So fixtures, again, are good for Brentford, Leeds, Southampton. Arsenal's a tricky one, and then it's Crystal Palace. So, yeah, I think we probably do need to, given that you know the weeks are passing by now and nothing's happening, we probably just ignore it until, until it is an issue. And like I said, it's not an issue until it is an issue. Question from FPL Geralds, what to do with Salah? Four blanks in his last five. That says it all, really. And, and again, it's not Salah's not the biggest issue here. Liverpool as a whole, lots of injuries. Klopp's not happy. It's it's not a happy camp. So it's not where you want to be spending, you know, close to thirteen million on one player for your FPL team. So I think Salah is a sell. You spread the cash, or or you get another premium. You know, maybe even you know Bruno Fernandez might emerge now as as an option. Kevin De Bruyne, I still think, is absolutely fine, even though things are not great at City either. But certainly for me, you know, I sold Salah for De Bruyne, and I didn't really give it any second thought. You know, it was part of a minus four as well, or part of a minus eight, and it was quite satisfying to see Salah blank. You know, that that's probably not going to happen every week. But yeah, on on the current season, like I said, if you can go Salah to Odegaard, just do that in a heartbeat. Final question is from Bob's B. With mid-price players outperforming the likes of Salah, Cancelo, Trent and De Bruyne, I currently have 3.1 million in the bank and it's likely to increase if I don't roll my transfer this week. Am I missing something? Absolutely not. There's so many good value picks in the game this season. I very rarely in the past have had three premium picks in my team. I currently do, and I still have, I think, 2.3 million in the bank. So that says it all. You know, don't worry about your bank balance. If you have three, four, five, six million in your FPL bank, don't worry about it because at the moment, most of the best picks in the game are very, very cheap. So you don't need to spend all of your budget. Don't spend it just for the sake of it. You know, don't get a don't get a Raheem Sterling over a over a six six or seven million pound midfielder just because you want to spend your cash. Get the good picks and don't worry what is left over. This episode is supported by season three of FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher division. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenges and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. Catch all new episodes Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Captaincy and transfers now for Gaming 21. A very early look at this. I'll come back to it on Friday's episode. Captaincy for me uh, looks like Haaland versus Wolves at home. Other options, I've got Kane who is away to Fulham. I think that's absolutely fine as well. And then you've got Arsenal are playing Manchester United this game week. So that always gives me pause on captaincy from players from those teams when they're playing each other because it's quite hard to predict how that game will go, at least as an optimistic Manchester United fan. 
it's hard to call what way that game will go. Arsenal fans might think differently. They'll be probably thinking it's going to be a walk in the park. Certainly a game to look forward to the way this season is shaping up. If Manchester United could win that one, could make you know the title race a lot more interesting. So for me, early thoughts on captaincy are Haaland at home to Wolves. But let's see if we get any double game news between now and Friday. In terms of potential transfers, the first option is to just bank a transfer, which I think is quite possible, just for another week of information and a bit more flexibility. The team doesn't look too bad as long as nothing pops up during the week. Other options, if I do make a transfer, I could take the Kepa 10-pointer and run for the hills because I don't think it's going to happen very often in the future. Kepa plays Liverpool this week, so feels this might be an okay time to lose him. Ederson's an option, like I mentioned. But then I'm also thinking if, if Manchester United get a double game week soon, possibly game week 22, we might want to buy David De Gea. So maybe I just hold off for one more week with Kepa, bench him for the Liverpool game, and then play Ward probably against Brighton. Although, you know, Kepa and Ward's not great options this week. I'd fancy Liverpool to score. I'd fancy Brighton to score against Leicester as well. So, you know, maybe I do weigh up a goalkeeper transfer this game week. Ederson against in for the Wolves game. Or maybe David De Gea comes in with a double game week in mind. But again, probably not because he's got Arsenal this week. So if I do end up making a goalkeeper transfer, probably would be Kepa or Ward out for Ederson, which was something I was thinking about before the most recent game week. So, you know, that that's playing into my thoughts now as well. Given that City conceded another two goals other transfer options, Almiron could go, as mentioned earlier, maybe take a punt on someone with lower ownership for the next couple of game weeks with good fixtures. Martinelli to Odegaard could just get it done this week, like I mentioned as well. Luxurious transfer, you know, do you get Odegaard for Martinelli or do you save a transfer? I think I'll always probably lean towards saving a transfer, especially when Martinelli's still a fine option. I don't think he's as good an option as Odegaard but he's probably not far behind them. So saving a transfer probably is the play there. So again, won't give transfers too much thought until closer to the weekend. That's it for today's episodes. Make sure you hit subscribe and follow so you'll get a notification when Friday's episode drops after the press conferences. If you'd like more content before that, check out patreon.com forward slash FPL general where you'll get extra podcasts, live streams, going to do a live stream on Thursday night and you'll always get a team reveal before the deadline as well. Best of luck for the remaining matches in Double Game Week 20. Please, Haaland, don't make it a triple captain blank. Haven't had one for a couple of years. I think it was Sadio Mane the last time. We all remember when he went off injured in the first game. Triple captain got a total of three points. So at least Haaland's, he's outscored him already. So hopefully he can do more in the second game. Talk to you all on Friday. The Athletic. <laughs>